WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. This is the Impact Exposure. My name is Wes. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, i got a full show lined up for you tonight. Uh, in a little bit, we'll be speaking with uh, some folks from the MSU Coffee Club, uh, as well as a uh, representative from uh, PS Magazine, which is run by a lot of uh, MSU alums. And then uh, wrapping it all up, we'll be speaking with Michelle, who's here from the Kresge Art Museum, to talk about all the great exhibits that they've got coming up. But uh, before we get to any of that, we're sitting down with uh, Anne and Jack, here to talk about the uh, uh, the American Friends Service Committee Speak for Peace Tour. Kind of a mouthful, but uh, thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. So now go ahead and give us an idea. What is the Speak for Peace Tour all about? The Speak for Peace Tour is a Midwest tour. Uh, the American Friends Service Committee is offering an opportunity for people across the state of Michigan to hear an Iraqi political analyst and uh, an Iraq war veteran speak together and offer their suggestions about the way forward to peace in Iraq. And so the purpose is to share information and give us in these communities where we seldom get people from from this kind of background here to talk to us to have us be exposed to these ideas. Yeah, so we got we got a little bit of a noise going on here yeah. in the studio. I hope that's not coming through on the air, but it looks like one of our our cameras is kind of tweaking out, so <laughs> hopefully everybody can still hear us and not some little uh, gizmo in the background, but uh, kind of moving forward on that, I suppose. Uh, now, the folks that you've got coming to speak, is this necessarily uh, like an anti-war uh, discussion, or is this more just... No, this is this is not a protest. This is a session for people to learn um, a viewpoint about what is going on in Iraq and to learn about the experience of a woman who and her friends who were in the military for six years and in Iraq. And um, this this is a way for people who, no matter what their background, whether you are for ending the war uh, in Iraq or whether you're questioning what we should do uh, in the United States, this is an opportunity to learn and to raise questions. And she was stationed in Iraq? As a she, was for, uh, she was in Iraq for 15 years mm. and um, 15 right, months. 15 months. Oh, okay. <laughs> 15 years. Whoa, that would be. She'd have long. a lot of experience in that. Yeah, case. a lot of experience. So, <laughs> 15 yes. months, though, nothing to sneeze yeah. at. And Riot, of course, was born and went to um, university there and um, uh, left there in 2005, I believe, and came to the United States. He's a consultant. Uh, he does reconciliation work. Um, bringing um, people together all over Iraq to, and also um, bringing um, U.S. Congress people and um, Iraqi politicians together to try to work for a solution. That sounds like a pretty heavy job. I mean, all things considered, with the issues of the Iraqi Congress that have, you know, been, you know, the people questioning whether they're fully committed or whether they're dragging their feet, that that sort of thing. I mean, that's got to be a tough task. He not only has experience um, trying to bring um, opposing parties together, both in Iraq and in Washington, trying to bring the different Iraqi political parties into some kind of meaningful conversation with our government. He has a lot of on-the-ground experience in Iraq. He not only um, experienced the war and the invasion as an Iraqi, um, he was engaged as the country director of an organization called Civic Worldwide, which was uh, the uh, conducted the only door-to-door -door casualty survey in Iraq. Wow. So he went from community to community and door-to-door -to, -door to try to assess the impact on civilians. Um, and he's also been involved in a variety of reconstruction efforts uh, prior to leaving the country in 2005. So I, th I think what's special about uh, Rayet is he's not your typical Iraqi. He's moved around the country and uh, I'm sure he has stories to tell about how dangerous that has been. Certainly. Um, but he's uh, sort of been uh, tirelessly working, um, even in very difficult circumstances, for the health of his country. So I think he's... Um, uh, we don't always get Iraqi speakers on campus, but I think he's an extraordinarily well-prepared and, and, and has will have very interesting experiences to mm -hmm. share. It sounds like he's touched a lot of the different facets of, of the entire issue, for right. that matter. Now, do you, do you happen to have an idea as to what his his uh, sort of his resume, I guess, would look like uh, before 2003 when the war started? I mean, obviously he was living in Iraq at the time. He was. Okay. He was. Um, his um, He uh, is a professional. Um, 
he's a political analyst, and he was a political analyst before the invasion started. Mm. I don't have details okay. on who yes, he worked several for. Several degrees. Sure, sure. Um, and I think one of the things that Anne told me as we were waiting to come in for the show that is such a difficult thing in Iraq is that the number of professionals in Iraq that have left the country. Mm. So he, I don't know the particular story of what led him to leave mm. in 2005, but the the percentage is something like 45% of the Iraqi professional class, for one reason or the other, is has left the country. And that's part of the problem moving forward is how do we how do we get that country back on track mm -hmm. with its most educated classes abroad sure yeah I mean, i'm assuming you know the, either inviting them back in or or creating a new class i mean neither is going to be very easy right yeah. um one of the some of the work that the american friends service committee does which is really special to this program and um is that they really try to stay informed about issues, you know, and that is what I think is unique about Rayed, too. He isn't like a person. He he talks to a lot of people to try to really find out what is going going on and to try to find out possible solutions and mm -hmm. bringing people together. So this is like a you know, this is uh, right for a university campus where we're always investigating and not just staying in one place with what's going on. The other thing that both Patty and Riad will be talking about is the serious situation of the displaced Iraqis. Uh, this is a humanitarian crisis going on, which people are not aware of. Mm -hmm. There's 4.5 million displaced Iraqis. And um, this is uh, this this issue and the, the situation is causing severe problems all over the Middle East and will have to be a part of the negotiations to end the occupation and to get the Iraqi people back on their feet again. So that will be important. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Patty sure. because um, she was in the military for six years. She lives in Chicago now. She's studying English and she works for the American Friends Service Committee trying to make sure that young people know what's happening before they join the military. Military. And she's got firsthand experience, and, yeah. um, you know, she had a very difficult time when she got out. She didn't get the medical benefits that she was supposed to get, get. and so she's, you know, an activist and is working in the Chicago high schools, which are some of the most recruited high schools in, in the United States. And mm. so I think and she's 25 years old. She's got a lot of vim and vigor. Sure. And I think Perfect for a college campus. <laughs> um, I wanted to say when this was going to be. Yes, we haven't sure. mentioned this. It's going to be on campus tomorrow night, Wednesday, mm -hmm. from 7 to 9.30 in B108 Wells Hall. Uh, the program will start at 7. You can come anytime between 7 and 9. Uh, Rad will be speaking, and then Patty will be speaking. We also uh, have 20 groups that have sponsored this event, so there will be networking going on. These are MSU groups? Um, there some are, of the 20. Some, some, some of them are, okay. are MSU groups. I didn't count up the number, maybe 10 okay. MSU groups and 10 community groups. And among them is the uh, MSU Amnesty International, the Muslim Student Association, uh, the Chicanos y Latinos Unidos, um, MSU Peace and Justice. So there's a number of groups. Um, Students but, for Economic Justice and uh, Peace over prejudice. Many of whom are uh, friends of the show. As a matter of fact, we've had a lot of those groups on before. I'm so, not yeah, if anyone's yeah. enjoyed Good. them on here, on uh, you know, definitely. One uh, of the unique, unique things about the Wednesday night program in B108 Wells Hall is that we are go we are going to be videotaping and ask people people for their responses. And if student groups want to make announcements about the peace and justice work they're going to do, because this will go up on the uh, Peace Education Center podcast. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're trying to brought you know make sure that people who come can say things and comment and also that this will be on the YouTube for people to look at. So um, it's kind of a different approach. The weather's not too great. I know <laughs> students have exams, but I think it would be a worthwhile break to take and uh, very informative. Sure. And um, if, uh, if listeners are um, have been looking for a way to engage, um, we've made room in the event so there would be time for people to have conversations with the representatives of these groups, not just with uh, um, the speakers. There will be lots of time to ask questions, and that's what we really feel like is the educational character of the event. You can come and absorb what Riot and Patty have to say, but we're hoping that there'll be a really stimulating forum afterwards where, you know, any question is is fair game. Sure. Um, 
Gosh, I just had something on my mind, and it slipped my mind. No, happens all the time for me. Oh, yes, <laughs> I know. Thank you for the cover. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, the other thing that seems really important about the timing of this, or actually two things, but one is certainly that uh, your listeners will certainly know that um, the the political choice that we will have in November looks quite different on this issue mm-hmm. um, based on what we know about who is the likely uh, Republican candidate, Senator McCain, has said that um, he'd be comfortable to stay uh, more or less in our present posture in Iraq for 50 or 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, either of the Democratic uh, contenders, the leading Democratic contenders, uh, Senator Clinton or Senator Obama, have a quite different view. And um, this seems like a really good time to sort of come out. And uh, if you've got questions about what the U.S. position ought to be on this conflict, it's not going to go away. Sadly, we're going to have to make some tough decisions. And this is a seems like a really good opportunity to come and ask the questions that can lead to people's participation in November. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that's most exciting about this election campaign are the number of young people who are engaging in the political process. Absolutely. I mean, interesting listening to the candidates and engaging. We see all the attention paid to Obama, especially on the campus. You right. know, young people see really gravitating toward the election in general, and certain candidates in particular. I think right. you're absolutely right. right. Yeah, and like the organizations that are sponsoring this are not partisan organizations. And I think that, you know, people say, well, you know, it's going to be over with in November because we'll, you know, maybe have a change. Well, I think what's really important is why we need to keep working on these issues and understand them is that this may be a longer process than we hope for. And I think that Patty and Red will be talking about things that we can do always. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whoever the candidates are, I think this is important. You know, we write our congressmen. It may be time to write the candidates or to examine other political processes that we need to engage in also to try to end the war if that's a position. I mean, I think that this B-108 tomorrow night from 7 to 9.30, it's really important that people feel welcome no matter what their viewpoint is, that this is, you know, this is a peace organization. Uh, mostly the peace organizations have sponsored this, but the the real underpinnings of this is that we're there for a conversation and to learn. And um, I know myself, I, I don't have time to do that often, is to really get into a lot of real information. And I've seen Ra'ed before, and it really moved me to a new place of activism and commitment. Um, and this, the issues in Iraq affect the whole Middle East, and, and so I think that this would be good. Sure, and I think one thing, one important thing to mention too, of course, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion on the political front about you know the future of Iraq and the future of the U.S. in Iraq, and I think it's kind of interesting to point out that your your two speakers can actually speak to that. Someone who you know has is is working on the future of Iraq, someone who has seen you know Iraq from a U.S. soldier's perspective, and I think that really brings right. sort of yeah, like I said, sort of an interesting perspective on the whole. And thing. I think it's wonderful that they're both there together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's obviously the message of the, one of the messages of this tour is this is not like you know, Iraqis versus the U.S. soldiers. These are two very different people coming from very different backgrounds who are saying we're going to figure out a way to create the way forward. And I think uh, the people that will come into the room, I think, can be committed to that process as well. Mm -hmm. Another thing is just in terms of timing that um, uh, I hope is on the minds of listeners uh, is that as we all head out for spring break and look for some measure of sun and warmth in the next next week, when Mm -hmm. we come back, it will be a short time before um, we commemorate uh, the... Uh, fifth anniversary of the invasion of Iraq. So this is a um, this is a time. It's a very somber time to hold in mind, um, independent of what people's position is about the effectiveness of that particular act. Um, uh, we're now we have now had uh, uh, an, a U.S. Army in in Iraq for a longer time than World War II, uh, and that's to me still every time I think of it as a sort of a striking number that. We're both at war and we're not at war. Mm-hmm. And if we were at war, many more people would be engaged. Many more people's lives would be affected. Certainly, if you're 18 to 22, if we were really at war, your lives mm-hmm. would be engaged in a different way. But in a way, we are. Mm-hmm. People yeah. are, are dying every day. And I'm sure a lot of folks who are you know, college students here at MSU have at least known someone within their families, within their circle of friends who... Or either directly or, or in some way affected by it, too. So, I mean, that kind of, that really brings it home, right. so to speak. Yeah, right. I mean, we've had a recycling of 180,000 troops into Iraq 
over the last five years, and it adds up to maybe a million families, and then that all spreads out. Mm -hmm. The Iraqis have been impacted. A million Iraqis have died, and that affects all their families. So, you know, this war is really affecting all of us. And we also, the other thing that I think is really important to understand about the war and why students should be concerned is that we don't, you know, we're not really paying for the war in our taxes or anything. What we're paying for the war in is in the $3 trillion debt that we've accumulated. And the the generation in college right now is the generation will, which will have to pay back that mm -hmm. debt. I think and anyone so with student it, loans understands how, yeah. how easy it is to spend money that you don't have right now. That's right. Yeah. And this is $3 trillion. So this is important to try to figure out how we can disengage. I wanted to say that um, there are actions also, and but if people want to know you know, we're we're coming on for the Peace Tour, which is tomorrow night, 7 to 9.30, and B-108 Wells. Also will be a brown bag lunch. But there's a website that you can go to. It's um, www.glanawi, which is G-L-N-A-W-I.org. Uh, and it stands for the Greater Lansing Network Against War and Injustice. And all the specifics are there. And then there's also listings of other actions that come up mm -hmm. over the months. Yeah, they're a very active group here in, uh, in the Lansing area, yeah. so they've got and, a lot going uh, on, and definitely a great way to find out more information about right. everything you've got, you guys are sponsoring. So we're, we're just about out of time, so I don't want to cut you off there, but uh, of course I just want to mention one more time that uh, the Speak for Peace tour again tomorrow, Wednesday, February 27th, from 7 until 9.30 over in B-108 Wells Hall, and again, uh, the same folks uh, speaking the, the day after, uh, Brown Bag Lunch over the... Uh, Unitarian Universalist Church at 855 Grove Street from noon until 1.30 here in East Lansing. Uh, definitely a great way to, to really, uh, you know, better shape your understanding of the issue, I think. And one more website that might be useful Certainly. to listeners is the American Friends Service Committee website. It's an easy one, afsc.org, and has... Uh, uh, more information on the speakers. Uh, just you'll see the you'll see the the button for the Speak for Peace tour. And you'll see Lansing, of course. Great, great <laughs> Lansing. So yeah. thanks so much for being here, man. You're it's uh, definitely thank a, you a huge much. topic. So we're yeah. able to cram it all in in 15 minutes or so. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, so we're much. gonna take a short break here. We'll be back with uh, some folks here from the MSU Coffee Club in just a moment. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Uh, we are back with more exposure. We we're just sitting down with uh, Anne and Jack from the American Friends Service Committee. Their Speak for Peace tour going on uh, both tomorrow and Thursday. Of course, more information available on that at the uh, website glnawi.org. Uh, lots of great info on the uh, sort of the activist end of things as well as the event itself. So switching gears, uh, we're sitting down with uh, Aaron and Kent here from the uh, MSU Coffee Club. Thanks so much for uh, stopping by. Thanks for having us. Sure. Now, uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but uh, go ahead and give us an idea about what the uh, MSU Coffee Club is all about. Well, um, basically we're a group that meets every other week, and we talk about coffee and drink coffee, and we kind of discuss coffee-related things. <laughs> so it's a sort of a coffee appreciation group then? Is that fair to say? Yes. <laughs> I think we all appreciate it very much. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, kind of, what, got, you, what got you folks in, involved in this in the first place? Well, actually, some of our friends started it up, and I really like coffee, so they were like, come join the club, we're coffee. Did you say the uh, the club is as addictive as the drink itself? Or? <laughs> oh, yeah. I... So do you guys, and I just kind of get an idea about what, what, what it is you're, you're up to. I mean, do you, you know, at meetings, do you have, uh, you know, samplings? Do you try different types of coffee? Is it kind of like, I tried it this week and it was great? What's the, what, what can people expect? 
Um, we have coffee at every meeting, mm-hmm. and we all kind of sit around and drink it and mix up our own concoctions with the creamers or sugar that we have and mm-hmm. kind of share ingredient or ideas that we have. Sort of recipe yeah. sharing and things like that. Yeah, we had like a that. recipe swap last meeting. So. Oh, cool. So is it now, is this one of those things like for for like wine or microbrews where, you know, like, oh, I wouldn't dare drink drip coffee or, you know, is it, or is like everything welcome? I think everything is welcome. I mean, everyone I know in the coffee club, we all drink everything. Everybody has their favorites, though. I mean, there's always the darker darker blends or the lighter blends. And so, I mean, it varies in that way, too. Sure, sure. So do you have uh, like favorite hotspots on campus that, you know, like this place has the best coffee or I wouldn't dare go there? Not particularly. <laughs> I, pretty, I would go everywhere. I mean, I try to promote fair trade, so I mean, that always draws me in there. Sure. Well, it's an interesting point. We were talking about this a little bit earlier, too. You guys are getting a little bit more involved with, with the fair trade issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of us that don't, aren't really, don't really know that much about it, why don't you go ahead and give us an idea about what the, the fair trade coffee thing is all about? Well, the fair trade is a certification process that a product receives if they're able to prove that they're making sure that the workers are getting a living wage as well as in hospital, like conditions that are um, conducive to a good standard of living. And if they can meet all these standards, they get an official seal as a fair trade coffee or fair trade product of that type. And we now I've noticed we've uh, like around campus, uh, you know, sort of like, like the uh, coffees at Sparty's offers up. Is that that's fair trade too? Yes, okay. yes. I believe they are, they're pushing to move all their coffee blends to fair trade, and I think they've actually done that by now. Oh, nice. Sure, yeah. Are you guys are you guys involved with sort of that push, or what's uh, what's your role in sort of the, the fair trade issue? Well, I believe the Sparty's thing has been going on for a while because okay. I know when I enrolled at MSU, there there was already in the state news they were talking about the push for that. So. Okay. I think basically we just have a word of mouth thing. I mean, obviously, we always run into other coffee drinkers everywhere, so we just kind of promote the fair trade thing and um, MSU Coffee Club and everything we do to promote fair trade. So that, I think, is pretty much the approach that we are able to take. Cool. So now something, if, if anyone's inter- in, interested in getting involved with, with your group or with fair trade, uh, you've got meetings, uh, is it biweekly? Is that right? Yeah, it's biweekly. Now, where's, where's that at? When can people show up? Um, every other Wednesday, uh, second floor of Eustace Cole. Um, sometimes if we have an event though, we, like for the week, we don't, we don't hold the meeting. So, I mean, but it's all on our website. So Okay. And your website, go ahead and give a quick plug for that as well. Well, it's the easiest way for me to access it is through (laughs) Facebook. We have an official Facebook group. It's the MSU Coffee Club and you can access our website also. It's http colon slash slash (laughs) msu.edu slash Tilde coffee. Of course, the tilde is the little uh, shift in the button next to the one. Yeah. So, of course, every MSU website's got that and mm-hmm. makes it terribly difficult to, <laughs> to plug a site. But, uh, of course, you know, all your information available there, I'm sure, as far as upcoming events and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got uh, three or four events coming up. you got actually looks like quite a few in the next uh, couple of months. Yeah, we're trying to fill the rest of the semester up. Um, Fair enough. Go ahead and uh, give us an idea about what you got coming up. Uh, well, the next one's actually March 30th. It's a photo scavenger hunt. Um, pretty much a scavenger hunt, but you to be taking pictures of things rather than bringing them back. Um, for example, taking a picture of an espresso machine uh-huh. <laughs> or like someone drinking a certain type of coffee or something like that. Um, another event, this is going to be pretty fun. It's going to be April 2nd. It's uh, latte art. If I know some coffee places around here, especially for Valentine's Day, if you notice the foam on the top was shaped like a heart, mm-hmm. we're going to be seeing if we can find someone to um, help us like learn how to make that type of thing. Oh, cool. So, yeah. yeah, I kind of wonder how that... Do you have do you have any idea about how they do that? I have or? no idea. Okay, yeah, I'd be <laughs> curious to find now. that out myself. Yeah. Um, April 4th, um, AS, ASMSU is hosting an iVote concert. I think it's at the Breslin Center. Um, Coffee Club will be there um, promoting voting, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to get people to register, and they'll be recruiting people there if you want more information also. Um and along with the students for Fair Trade, the MSU Coffee Club will be co-sponsoring a Fair Trade Bash April eighth in the International Center. Um, so, pretty, I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah. Now, what what is the Fair Trade Bash? Um, I'm actually not quite sure. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't involved in the process of that, so. Um, okay. I'm sure just uh, you know, a lot of folks like yourself kind of getting out the word about it, like you mentioned earlier. Right, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure they'll probably have, like, um, products, too, because people don't know the wide range of things. It ranges from, like, chocolates to, like, even, like, certain materials and clothing things. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, it's you know it's one of those yeah. things like a sweatshop also. You know, you never think about how, how broad of an issue right, it really is. Yeah. Um, well, great. That's like I've got a lot of stuff coming up. Now, just as far as the as far as coffee is concerned, uh, do you have any tips for folks like how to how to spot a good coffee? Like what 
what you can look for, what you should what should avoid. I mean, I mean, or is this just? I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, is it something you just we like all coffee, or, you, or is there a certain way to spot that quality? It's actually a very personal preference. No. We've talked to a lot of professionals in the field, and we actually had a coffee cupping event where we were taught how to professionally taste coffees. Mm-hmm. And this individual actually tastes coffees from around the world. It's their prof- profession. <laughs> Not a bad and job. And they explain <laughs> the subtleties, and there's a flavor wheel that you can use to define coffee flavors. And it really depends on the, the end drinker. Mm. I mean, people enjoy all varieties yeah. of coffee. There's really no flavor that people tend to dislike. There's issues with contamination of flavor, because if anyone's familiar with coffee, the green beans absorb flavors very easily. So mm. if you pack it near anything else, it'll absorb that flavor. So. I see. So what, what are the green beans used for, then? Green beans are actually, all coffee bu- beans are green before oh. they're roasted. Oh, so okay. it's the raw bean. Gotcha. Very interesting. So yeah, is that something I had no idea? About? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but now, is there a way to spotlight? I mean, obviously, you've got lower end quality coffee, and then more, you know, gourmet coffees. Uh, is there a way to sort of distinguish that, or know where you can get that from? Well, as, well if you grind your own beans, it becomes it's more fresher, mm. more fresh, rather than buying the pre ground ones. Um, as for places like Starbucks or Bean or Big Bees, Big B's <laughs> like now, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they usually, I don't, I think they ground their own beans there, so I mean, that's pretty fresh, and like, I don't, I don't really know, like, how would you distinguish, <laughs> like, if it's a good cup from a bad cup, it's all on, like, preference. That's all the preference, yeah. yeah. So now, personally speaking, like, we'll, can't we'll start with you, what, what is your personal, like, flavor, you, you mentioned everyone's kind of got a personal preference as far as what type of coffee, what, what's yours? My favorite is just black coffee over ice in the summer. Oh, okay, so the, the iced coffee, then. Yeah. Very good. Now, why, why that? I mean... Um, well, when I grew up in Japan, like, that was just, like, what I drank all the time, so I'm just very used to that, and it's refreshing in the summer. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. What about you? Um, I have two different favorites. For my favorite latte, I would just, like, a mocha, or just if I actually need the caffeine kick, I would, Mm -hmm. um, just prefer just a black coffee. So, So what, why, why, why those preferences? Um, it's just about what I've been growing up with. My 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 parents always just had black coffee, so that's what I just drink sure. around the house. So, and then as for the mocha, I just I like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you guys. Uh, so of course, just a quick another quick plug for your website. Of course, at msu.edu/slash/tilda-coffee. Uh, of course, also on Facebook, like just like everybody in the world yeah. now. And uh, of course, there's the what, the email address that we forgot to mention too, uh, msucoffeeclub at gmail dot com. Uh, lots of great. Now, are, are are the events that you guys are working on are those available on the website as They're well? They're all posted online. They're all on there right now. Okay. And of course, just a quick recap: uh, on the thirtieth, you got the fo- photo scavenger hunt mm-hmm. at uh, one p.m. Is that around campus? Is that in a specific area? It's around campus. It's around campus. So everyone okay. can, can do. Cool. Can do and of course, the second there's the uh, latte art going on from seven until eight over in uh, the Eustis Cole. Uh, building and then of course uh, two days later on the fourth of April, uh, you guys will be involved with the I Vote, mm-hmm. uh, which the uh, ASMSU is going to be putting on uh, to help kind of get out the vote and of course get mm-hmm. out the uh, participation for the MSU Coffee Club as well. Mm-hmm. And then of course uh, on the uh, on the fourth, uh, excuse me, on the eighth of April, the Fair Trade Bash from seven until nine in the International Center, room three hundred three. Uh, of course, students for Fair Trade putting that one on, and you guys will be closely involved with that, I'm sure. Yeah. So, uh, anything, uh, any lasting comments about the uh, the MSU Coffee Club stuff you'd like uh, people know we didn't get a chance to touch on? Anything? No. <laughs> um, we're a very young club, right. and we're hoping to continue through the years. So, so definitely, yeah. uh, so, definitely worth your time to, yeah. to show up, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is our first year, so. Trying to keep it going still, for next Still in its year. infancy. Yeah. Like a young bean yet to be roasted. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> uh, of course, just also to mention your your uh, your, your meetings uh, biweekly uh, over in the Eustis Coal Building as well from every Wednesday at uh, 7, uh, every Wednesday, excuse me, every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. and the next uh, meeting going on March 19th. Uh, so again, uh, thanks so much for coming by, you guys. Thank you. Thank sure. you for having us. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back to talk with uh, Dominique from uh, PS Magazine here in just a moment here on Impact Exposure. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. 
For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Get comfortable. All right, we are uh, back with more Impact Exposure. We were just speaking with uh, Aaron and Kent, who are here from the uh, MSU Coffee Club. Of course, they're available, like everybody else, on Facebook, uh, just by you know, searching up for uh, MSU Coffee Club or on their website, msu.edu slash tilde coffee, a, a great way to appreciate coffee and also to uh, work for the fair trade uh, uh, issue, which uh, definitely cropping up definitely around the campus. So uh, switching gears, we're sitting down with uh, Dominique here from uh, PS Magazine. Uh, well, thank you for being here. Now we were talking, sir. We were talking a little bit earlier. You're a little bit nervous, but don't be. Or it's just you and me. There's no one's listening anyway, so don't. Worry. Okay. Okay. You're crazy. <laughs> sure. Now, okay. So now, what is it? What is it you're here to talk about tonight? Um, I'm actually here. Um, I'm a first semester intern with PS Magazine, and if, for those who don't know, PS Magazine is a um, college lifestyle magazine that is um, growing, and it's in its first year of premiering, and it's based out of Michigan State University, mm-hmm. and um, it's under the umbrella of Erin Nicole, a media group. Um, uh, the name Erin Nicole coming from Cyrus Aaron McNeil, who is the um, publisher, and um, Ashley and Nicole Jenkins, both um, MSU alums in the senior, okay. and... Um, Chicago and Detroit native based. Yep. Cool, it's definitely a good MSU flavor for mm-hmm. the magazine. So now, and then you've got uh, you've got a, a fashion show that you did last year. Is that right? Yes, um, last semester, homecoming weekend. It's called the Icons Fashion Show, and um, right now we're having our auditions for next year. We're trying to make it an MSU tradition. Very cool. So now, the folks that you had on last year, where, where did you find them from? On campus? On uh, yes, definitely on campus. Um, they tried out, and usually we have trials in spring semester, which is why we're having them now, mm-hmm. and tried out again in the fall semester, and it was about a six- to eight-week process, and we made icons out of them, so it's a... Uh, Definitely a good uh, reason to get involved. Who doesn't yes. want to be an icon? <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to be an icon? So um, the idea is to be um, MSU's models, okay. basically. And yeah. how many folks about would you say that you got last year? Um, I mean, how many, how many showed up for the trials, at least? Ooh, wow. Uh... I'll never forget this. One day it was about 30, and wow. another day it was about 90. Oh, wow. So it was just like, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> See, all everyone right. wants to be an icon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you just ought to want to be. Um, after the last show, it was it had a great turnout. We sold over more than capacity. So it was, it was a really good show. Wow. And um, I'm sure by popular demand, it's definitely... Our, our goal of be having it become an MSU tradition is going to happen. Sure. So, so you have, now have you started the audition process yet, or it's going to start? Yes, definitely. We've started it uh, last week. Uh, we started on the 19th and the 21st, and this week is the 25th and 27th, which means that tomorrow is the last day. But um, we're looking into having more auditions. And how's the, the turnout been so far, would you say? The turnout's been pretty good. It's yeah. been pretty good. I um, had a nice... Um, a nice look. I think we set the bar. Um, people are coming out prepared. Um, they're looking nice, but definitely we, we know that there's more out there as far as different cultures. We want to stress that it's multicultural mm-hmm. and it's unisex. And so that means guys, you know, we, we come up to them, we try to talk to them, try to <laughs> tell them, like, it's not like that. You know, right. it's, it's, it's definitely we make you look good. And um, it's definitely um, a show that you want to be part of. Absolutely. Now, uh but I mean, you mentioned it's multicultural. Mm-hmm. Now, is there? I mean, are there? Are you, are you highlighting that in a certain way? Is it sort of a theme, or is that just something that? I mean, it's just something that needs to be done. Sure. Um, uh, definitely, Michigan State is uh, one of the most diverse universities in the, in the nation, and um, I just believe that if you if you go here, that you should be a part of that tradition, and that should be glorified in within the show. That it's not just women. And it's, sure. and it's and it's not just you know one race. It's it's definitely we want to have a representation of the whole campus. That's yeah, it's a great message to, to get out there too. Of course, you, you know you you see you always hear about the uh, stereotypical supermodel and all mm-hmm. that. And, you know, it definitely doesn't paint a realistic picture. So it's yeah, kind of nice. To, it's kind of refreshing to hear something different. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, uh, sort of the, the tryout 
thing sort of brings to mind images for me of like of like the American Idol contestants and like <laughs> people like waiting in the, in the lobby and everything. Is it? I mean, not, I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of really talented folks. Are there some people where you're just like, I'm I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> or is it, I mean, or you do, do you get a pretty broad like? Um, we're very open-minded. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely get a good-looking group, and but we're absolutely very open-minded because we know that. Um, that that's the whole thing that makes the show kind of great is that we're not looking for for people who are already models who are already you know have it together. I mean that's great. I mean because that's sure. you know the standard that we have, but we definitely want people to grow with throughout the process. Um, one thing that was so beautiful about the process last year and it was the first annual was that there were different cultures that we tried to we tried to get. We definitely want more, but um, there were people that would probably never cross paths here in Michigan mm-hmm. State and, you know, became friends and had photo shoots afterwards and, you know, were part of other things because of the show. So, and I, de- I definitely think it boosts a lot of people's confidence um, as students here at Michigan State to be in front of such a big crowd of about 300 plus. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, you're so, an icon. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, I think it, I think it's helped a lot of people socially. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, a good point to, to bring up, too, of course, you know, when you I mentioned American Idol a minute ago, but when you have like those kind of, uh, you know, broad tryouts or people are kind of competing mm-hmm. for these these spots, you definitely do create a tight bond with people, definitely, I'm sure. Definitely. So now, uh, personally speaking, what what sort of got you involved with all this? I mean, you mentioned that you're an intern, but I mean, what what sort of attracts you, uh, you know, with 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 the, with the fashion show? Um, what attracts me? Yeah. What what is that you're like excited about? What gets you interested in it? Um, um. Like I said before, I'm very interested in um, just the relationships that form from the show. I'm interested in the the actual create the actual creativity that goes into every aspect of the show, from from the clothing to the walks to the scenes to the music. And the music is 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 definitely exclusive. It's Mm -hmm. it's nothing that that you ever heard of and if you have heard of it it's it's definitely mixed in the, in a way that it'll, it'll leave a lasting impression and i know that last year um for our vip bags um we left with them a soundtrack of the show because oh. just the, the music was just, just so banging it was just so hot <laughs> so um i'm looking forward to just stepping for next year just stepping the game up um the creativity of, of every aspect of the show. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Cool. Now, you mentioned the music. Is it something that, are you these local artists that you're getting it from? Or are um, these no, just like kind it's, of It's just exclusive obscure? underground music cool. that um, usually um, producers and DJs scrounge over and find sure, sure. and um, definitely mix together or just just something that you would hear definitely at a at a real fashion show. So that's that's the essence of the Icons fashion show is that it's, real and it's exclusive and it's raw and it's and it's people that you see every day sure revamped yeah. i mean you're 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 taking msu students you're making them icons you're taking underground music and you're putting that to the mm-hmm. spotlight you're really doing it all i know right <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic so now uh you mentioned the the, the actual auditions are going on Let's see the 27th and the 26th and 27th are those are two remaining days well um the last day is tomorrow which is the 27th oh sorry today's the 27th mm-hmm. Duh. Mm-hmm. all right so t- tomorrow's yeah. your last day then yes tomorrow's our last day and so um, now where can people go what can people do to get involved um, it's definitely um held at the union mm-hmm. and uh, i believe it's in heritage hall which is downstairs in the basement um, of the union and um you definitely want to come out and uh and um just be a part of something that's become an MSU tradition. I mean, why, why not? You know, sure. um, it's, it's definitely something that you'll remember. It will be a lasting impression of, you know, your years at Mich- Michigan State. Now, now, and so they'll, so people can come by the union at, at the Heritage Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what time would you recommend? Um, actually, I'm sorry, it's Heritage Cafe. Oh, Heritage Cafe, it's, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's something totally different. Okay. Um, between um, 7.30 and 9 p.m., Seven thirty nine, and should what would you recommend people show up with with something good looking on, or just or, or do, you, do you clothe them? What's the, how does no, that work? No, we definitely don't clothe them. Okay. If we're clothing them, it's like with our minds and how they we oh, would okay. see them in the show. Gotcha. Um, but definitely, ladies come out with a pair of uh, heels, and and guys have a nice tight built shirt, you know, something, mm-hmm. and just show yourself off. I mean, it's definitely your personality is going to sell as well. Um, answer a couple of questions, do your walk. And, and, you know, we look forward to getting back with you and letting you know how we see you fit in the show. Um, it's not a strenuous process and any information that they extra information that they may need. They can just go to the website, which is ps-mag.com. It's really easy to remember. And um, 
definitely on there, like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, has definitely exclusive music that they can go check out and listen to, rate. And do, just, their, do their runway walk mm-hmm. beforehand, get, yeah. get practice. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a great website. It's a growing website. And um, people can also reach us on Facebook, PS Magazine. Oh, yeah, just just like mm-hmm. everybody else. I was yeah. on Facebook. So now, uh, and, if, and if folks have sort of no experience but they got the charisma still welcome definitely like like we look for that we look for that uh personality is is right there you know walks we can work on sure personality you just got it or you don't Mm -hmm. so um we we definitely look for people who are outgoing you know we we must stress that it's multicultural and that it's unisex we got to stress that and because we just want a flavorful colorful show Mm -hmm. you want to bring in everybody make them all So now, uh, as far as the event goes, uh, well, I have, I'm not quite sure how to ask, but like, why, you know, why the fashion show? Why that versus, you know, doing anything else, college lifestyle? What, what's the appeal of the fashion show in, in general? Um, I, I just would think that um, fashion is back mm-hmm. um, as far as um, American culture right now and, and probably culture all over the world. Fashion is back um, in that sense, but also um, it. it it's it's not quite acting, but it's it's expressing yourself in a way that no one's ever seen you before. And you would think that in any area that you may go in life that you want to be confident and strong. And I, I definitely think that this, this show gives this to students. But, um, yeah, I just think that it's something that's fresh and that's, you know, a part of young culture right now. And and just like, why not, you know, why not? To just embark on something that's you know it's going to make you a better person, mm-hmm. confidence-wise, socially. It's 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 pretty much has has it all without being an actor or a singer and something that you know sure. that you really don't have like sheer talent for. Mm-hmm. It's just definitely just something that builds on your character. Sounds like something you can really just like pull yourself into yeah. rather than you know I have to go to acting school yeah. or you know painting and all that. You can just express yourself, you know, in sort of a more uh, you know more raw way. I would mm-hmm. think. Um, and of course, anyone who's watched, uh, you know, America's Next Top Model or any of those shows yes. has seen that. And even and if you, you know, sat back and said, "Oh, I can do better than that," well, I guess is, now's, your, now's your opportunity. To, yeah, the to, process is pretty much it's pretty similar sure. um, in the sense that, you know, you you come in as a as a stone and you leave out as a diamond, and you're, and you're, you're definitely going to shine after the show. If if you haven't shined before, it's just, just even it's just more exposure. Hmm, there so. you go. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. absolutely. Well, <laughs> you know, and if folks are looking to sort of get a career out there of you know, uh, of you know, getting you know, basically getting their face out there, their 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 presence out there, like mm-hmm. that. I'm sure this is a great way to do it. Or get some experience under your belt and definitely. maybe some good photos out of it too. Who knows? <laughs> Def- definitely, yes. <laughs> so again, okay, just to to recap though, at PS Magazine, you're putting on the second annual Icons Fashion Show. The actual fashion show going on during Homecoming Week. Uh, mm-hmm. The Sunday of Homecoming Week, mm-hmm. but uh, but the audition's going on right now as we speak. Uh, of course, tomorrow, the final day for it, uh, over at the uh, Union Building, or excuse me, uh, at, the, at the MSU Union in the Heritage Cafe, 7.30 to 9 p.m., uh, all you need to bring is just a uh, personality, right? Definitely. Right. And then, uh, you know, look good. Please. Yeah, <laughs> that, that'll help. <laughs> so anything else we left out you want to touch on real quick? Um, no, just definitely w- visit the website. Um ps-mag.com I uh, can't stress it enough it's um, a really cool website um, basically um, what PS Magazine does is that um, we just pretty much cover stories of outstanding students um, in, at Michigan State and hopefully to build um, networking relationships with Michigan um, colleges all over Michigan mm-hmm. hopefully that the magazine will go nationwide um, but right now we're starting off in good old Michigan State and, and surrounding colleges so um, if you have an event, anything coming up that you think is worthy of us, you know, covering in the magazine and on the website, if you want to advertise with us, we're we're pretty much a media group. So um, just just look, check out the website. It's a pretty pretty good website. Absolutely, and of course they're the ones who are sponsoring the fashion show uh, again tomorrow, uh, twenty seventh uh, at the at the Union Heritage Cafe, seven thirty to nine. Dominique, thanks so much for coming Thank by and telling so us all that. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. All right, and we're going to take a short break, and we're going to wrap things up with Michelle from the Kresge Art Museum in just a moment. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Prime Time. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. We're back with the uh, last leg of exposure here. We're speaking just a moment ago with Dominique from PS Magazine. Again, the website uh, with all the information for their Icons Fashion Show at ps-mag.com. And, of course, we spoke with uh, the MSU Coffee Club as well as the American Friends Service Committee uh, tonight. And, of course, if you missed any of these interviews, they'll be available on our website uh, in a little bit uh, at impact89fm.org. Just go and click on that podcast link, and it'll take you right to exposure. Uh, kind of wrapping things up tonight, we're sitting down with uh, Michelle here from the Kresge Art Museum. Uh, thanks so much for coming by. Hi, I actually am from the Department of Art and oh, Art History. I'm sorry, clarification. Um, closely related to the art museum, though, and we do share building and uh, obviously plan a lot of uh, different events together. Certainly, you're, you're, you're close friends. Though. Close friends, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, I, I was hoping tonight to share a little bit of information about some upcoming events we have going on, particularly this Thursday mm-hmm. uh, from 7 to 9. We're opening graduate studios for people to uh, come in, Check the studios out. They can uh, talk to graduate students and see their work. Um, and this is you know, going to include painting students, people studying ceramics, uh, graphic design, sculpture. Um, so it's going to be a really wide variety mm-hmm. of work that people can see and um, lots of different topics that work might be about. Uh, some of them are figure painters. Some of them are doing video work. Um, some of them, you know, might be sort of delving into some political issues or uh, things that are a little bit edgy. So it should be for some interesting conversations. Sure. And this is uh, something you're, you're looking to get prospective graduate students? or Well, no, it's actually to help build, um, I guess, anticipation, we could say, for the Master of Fine Arts exhibition, which is held in the Kresge Art Museum every year. Mm-hmm. Um, the 2008 exhibition will feature four graduating uh, Master of Fine Arts candidates, and <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to be held uh, March 24th through April 16th. Uh, we're going to have a big opening reception, and we usually have 200 to 300 people at the reception, some uh, good food, and again, just a chance to talk more about art. Uh, that opening reception is Friday, the 20, uh, Friday March 21st mm-hmm. from 7 to 9. Um, and there are some other dates that people could uh, could come and, and be able to have uh, more time to meet the artists uh, that are associated with that exhibition. So they sure. can check out our website to get more information there. And of course, the website is? Of course, the website. The website is uh, art.msu.edu. Pretty easy to remember. Pretty easy to yeah. remember. And um, that MFA exhibition, just to explain a little bit about sure. what a Master of Fine Arts is, because a lot of people maybe don't know, um, the Master of Fine Arts is what we call the uh, terminal degree. So, um, you know, if you're studying studio art, you can't go on to get a Ph.D. Uh, necessarily. You pretty much stop at that master's degree. Uh, it's a three-year program, and people who choose to come and study graduate um, to study art on the graduate level, they want to be practicing artists, and they maybe also want to be professors um, Mm. at colleges and universities. So these are people who really take art seriously. And I I think one thing that's nice about the MFA exhibition is it highlights the fact that, um, you know, I think a lot of us are really aware of events going on at MSU and and how um, many of those events are art-related. You know, we know that the Breslin brings in some some great things. We know that Wharton Center does. and mm-hmm. But we don't always think about what's actually being done by students on our campus. Right. And, um, you know, it, it's not like we're the B-roll when we think of students, although some people like B-rated movies and B-rolls <laughs> are important. But, um, you know, it's these are the future artists of the world. You sure. know, the, this is a chance for people to see what really is cutting edge in the art world right now, but as it's being done on MSU's campus. So I think it's a pretty exciting event. So you mentioned about the MFA. I was mm-hmm. kind of curious, what, what would you say is sort of an advantage to doing the MFA versus maybe the doctor in fine arts? Well, um, 
currently in the United States, the MFA is is like I said, pretty much the terminal degree. So mm-hmm. you're not going to find very many doctorate programs okay. in studio art. Um, we don't have one at Michigan State. Uh, they do have some abroad. Um, and there are a few trial programs going on. Um, but at this point in time, it's pretty much like a Ph.D., and that's part of why it's a three-year program. Mm-hmm. Um, most master degrees are 30 credit hours. Um, an MFA is 60 credit hours. So it's a really intensive period of study for three years. And, you know, a lot of people ask why not have a PhD. And I I think that the way the art world approaches it now is there's already maybe a little bit of a divide between uh, academia and then what we know of as the art world. And um, the longer you stay in school, maybe Mm -hmm. the deeper that gets. Uh, And also at some point, you know, you have to stop studying and you just have to make the art. Sure. sure. (laughs) So (laughs) kind of put your money where your mouth is, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So now you've got uh, you've got the MFA exhibit coming mm-hmm. up, and that's that's in March. Now, that's just to recap, March. just to kind of recap the dates. You said the reception is the twenty first. The reception is March twenty first from seven to nine, and um, the exhibition will be up from uh, the twenty fourth of March to April sixth. Okay. Um, and there are two talks. Uh, one of those will be March twenty fourth at nine thirty mm-hmm. in the Kresge Art Museum, and the second talk will be uh, March twenty seventh at one p.m. Okay, so just done. So I got a little evening and then a sort of yep. matinee. Yep. <laughs> now uh, we've got another event coming up as well. Is that right? We do. Um, we, we are having uh, towards kind of our last big event for the year would be the undergrad exhibition, mm-hmm. and that is uh, timed with Arts Marathon. Which um, people who haven't heard about that, they're going to start hearing more. Arts Marathon is a an event that came about in relation to the Year of Arts and Culture at is MSU. Is it a part of it, or is it it's, spawned it's a, from it? Or? It's a part of it, but it's a special weekend um, that is going to feature 48 hours of continuous arts programming. And um, last time I saw the list of events, it was well over 60 going wow. on. Um, and our department will be offering uh, the undergraduate exhibition, which features artwork um, made by undergraduate students on campus, and that's also in the Art Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the opening of that will be April 18th, which is when that Arts Marathon weekend is. Uh, we'll also be featuring um, open studios in our ceramics facilities, uh, which includes uh, people can stop by and see a wood fire, um, which is a pretty interesting process. Mm-hmm. And uh, there'll also be a pottery sale going on. Um, and the Drawing Marathon will be held, which uh, we've this will be our second year for that event. Um, that's going to be almost a full 24 hours of drawing. So now, um, what, that, I, I got to know more about that. What, how, how does the drawing marathon work? It's, it's an interesting event. It, um, you know, is is for anybody from sort of the doodler to somebody who wants to sit down and study the figure for a, a considerable amount of time. Um, the way we generally run it is we have a group of models who will be modeling the entire time period and. Um, this year, we expect that we're going to be dressing them in really lavish, interesting costumes. Um, so there, I think, will be maybe a narrative component at times um, because we will be posing more than one model together so people can draw from the figure. Uh, they'll also be able to um, draw on some large-scale um, drawings that, you know, big sort of eight feet and bigger drawings where they can work in a group. Hmm. Um, so it can have a collaborative aspect to it. Um, that part of it's really important to us because, um, you know, A, we don't always work solo in our studio. Sure. We, we Normally I think we think of artists that way, but we don't. And B, um, it gives opportunity for people who maybe aren't as interested in working from the figure to, to be able to stop by. It may not be as intimidating to people who aren't used to drawing mm-hmm. every day. Um, and that event's open to anybody who would who would want to be there. Anyone so. who can pick up a pencil. Anybody who can pick <laughs> up a pencil. And um, they'll be drawing until probably about 2 a.m. Um, that on, on April 18th. So. Wow. And then do you do you kind of stagger? Do you just let people come in whenever they want to? They can come in whenever they want to. Wow. Now, now, and what happens to the drawings afterwards? Are they submitted to you guys? Do people just take them home for, for their own? To put people, on the fridge? Or? Well, people take things home if they've done individual drawings. The larger pieces we generally display, um, you know, in our space for a while. Okay. And again, the, what the dates for those? The dates for those are April 18th, which, again, is timed with that Arts Marathon weekend. Mm-hmm. And... Um, You know, soon there'll be uh, a lot of information coming out about Arts Marathon Weekend. Um, There'll be music events and dance events and, you know, lots of uh, different kinds of improv and and theater comedy events. So um, it's going to be a a pretty interesting 
three days, I think. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, coming on the heels of the uh, the MFA exhibit, too. So. Coming on the heels of the MFA exhibit, yeah. Now, so those are your big two for, for is that safe to say the big two for the, the semester? Those are the big two exhibitions for the semester. We also have two galleries in our building, mm-hmm. uh, Gallery 101 and Gallery 114. And those are constantly, pretty much every two weeks, rotating exhibits. Um, anyone, if they were to stop by on uh, Thursday uh, for the open studio tours from 7 to 9, they'd be able to look through those galleries. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, we have a drawing exhibition and a painting exhibition, and mm-hmm. these are featuring student work. So everything we show in that space um, usually features student work. And these are undergrad and MFA? Um, or? They, they are undergrad solely oh, okay. um, in these particular exhibitions. And... Um, then, you know, other general events we have going on in the semester. Um, last time we were on, we spoke about um, about the uh, visiting lecture series, which um, brings about 20 uh, world-renowned artists to campus mm-hmm. each year. And um, this semester, we still have five left. Mm. Um, so, we, you know, we expect um, that, that that will be another big thing going on. I certainly wouldn't want to uh, sit it down the line and say it wasn't important. Um, Anybody who's interested in those events can always go to our website and find a complete listing. Um, We generally have um, anywhere from 150 to 300 people, so I always tell, you know, individuals who think they're going to come show up a few minutes early or they might be on the floor. (laughs) Um, But left this semester, we still have um, James Elkins, uh, Eleanor Hartney, um, Hans Ulrich Amen, Amalia Mesa Baines, and Gada Amir. And um, two of these people, uh, Eleanor Hartney and James Elkins, are actually critics and writers. So they oh. write about visual culture and not necessarily just about the art world, but sort of the interface and how it all is related. So the, um, the gears of it all. The gears of it mm-hmm. all. And then uh, the last three people I mentioned, Gada Amir, Amalia Mesa Baines, and Hans Ulrich Allman are all artists. Uh, two of them or one's a painter, one is more of a sculptor, we could say, and uh, the third is a uh, graphic designer. Oh, okay, so you're yeah. covering all your bases there. Yep, covering all of our bases there. Excellent. So now the, and these folks are giving sort of their perspectives on their work? Or? They do. Generally they come and they um, talk, they might talk a little bit about, you know, their experience as an artist in terms of um, knowing that a lot of students attend these events. You know, how do you get from A to B? How do you get from being in art school to you know, being this world-renowned artist that's showing in the Guggenheim and, right. you know, these uh, really great art institutions that we have in the United States and abroad as well. Um, so they might talk a little bit about that experience, but generally they lecture on their work. Um, they show images and they sort of talk about their process and try and give people a little sneak peek into the artist studio and what they were thinking maybe when they made something. Mm. Um, so it can be, you know, revealing yet informative. Sure, yeah. You, you know, get a little perspective yeah. in the brain of an artist, I yeah. suppose. Uh, and, of course, all these are available on your website. Art. All these are available on our website, yes. Excellent. Now, you mentioned you, you had 20 to start with. Five mm-hmm. are still, still still yet to go. What, yep. what other topics have you covered so far out of the other 15? You know, I mean, it's it's a really wide range, um, definitely a, a range in disciplines. Um, we, we think it's important to show what's going on in the art field in, in various disciplines. And many of our artists aren't just painters that, that mm-hmm. come to visit. Maybe they'll be a, a painter, a designer, and a sculptor or you know, a writer as well, and, and it speaks to, we're at a point in the art world where it's very interdisciplinary, and um, people tend to, you know, dip their toes in, in more than one um, more than one pool these days. Um, a couple of artists, I think a recent one to note that, that was around um, in February was Julia Merritt, too, and um, a lot of people might have read some things about her in um, the State News or the City Pulse, and she um, is an artist who actually has ties to the community. She's originally from Ethiopia, oh, wow. and her father is a um, Africanist here at MSU, and so she spent most of her life in East Lansing, hmm. and um, recently has won a MacArthur Genius Grant, which um, people who are familiar with it, obviously, you know, that's a big deal, and it has a substantial monetary benefit as well that helps you know, make sure that an artist is able to continue making making work. Um, but Julie was able to uh, give a lecture in our department. Um, she also held an event in conjunction with uh, the art museum to let people come and, and see into her studio because she's actually in town making work for a year. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's not every day that you get to visit an artist who has, you know, year 
to two-year waiting limits for mm-hmm. somebody to actually purchase a piece of their work. And you can um, see it made in front yeah, of you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can see it made right in front of you. And, you know, it's something that strikes me about this series in general, how generous these artists are. You know, you, you think about... Um, I mean, we could refer to them as superstars, rock stars of the art world, sure. I suppose. Um, and, and you think about celebrities, and I don't know that we always think of them as being someone who would, you know, really candidly answer a, diff- a hard question that a student asks them or, you know, some a faculty member or something. And, you know, they, they really do open up and, and share a lot about... Um, about their process. I think it's a it's a nice thing to watch. Um, other things, you know, I mentioned a painter specifically. Um, another event we had recently would be uh, Jim Sheridan from Hat Show Print. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is a graphic designer who works at a famous uh, print shop, Hat Show Print. It's um, probably one of the most famous famous print shops in the United States. Mm-hmm. And um, they've been doing uh, old-fashioned Sorry, yeah. That's okay. I'm sorry about it. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's uh, okay. I guess Perch and Twang is they're they're starting to get antsy over there. I can see <laughs> it. So, but uh, just to recap real mm-hmm. quick, though, you've got uh, the MFA exhibit coming up uh, next month. Uh, and of course, uh, the undergrad exhibit uh, following that in April, and of course, all the other uh, galleries you've got open, and the lecture series as well. So, of course, all the information on that available art.msu.edu. Art.msu.edu. Michelle, thanks for being such a good sport about uh, no, getting cut off there at the end. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, this has been, of course, Impact Exposure. We're going to throw things over to Progressive Torch and Twang, as I mentioned, easily one of the best shows we've got here on the Impact. So, uh, <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody, and have a good night. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.